Good morning, church. Is it fall yet? Uh, you're... Summertime is supposed to be a time where things slow down a little bit. There's some leisure, right? Your experience may be different than mine, but summertime doesn't really slow down for me. Work is constant. We, still, we, we keep having Sundays all summer long, right? Um, the demands of kids actually increase. Plus, you have that list of projects that you have to get done at home over the summer. So by the end of the summer, you might be looking forward to the structure and routine that comes with the turning of fall. Maybe it's just me. How many of y'all took a vacation this summer? Not that many hands, actually. If you happen, if you happen to take a vacation, do you do it well? Maybe not you, but many folks, they'll road trip or fly to their destination. They'll have all the fun they can handle, and then they start missing sleeping in their own bed. There's the, the long drive or the flight home. And when they get there, they collapse on the couch, and they say to anyone who's listening or to no one in particular, I need a vacation <laughs> from my vacation. Used to be, you know, when, when two people would greet each other, the exchange would go something like this. Um, How you doing? Pretty good. Thanks for asking. But you know what I hear more often these days? How you doing? Good. Busy. You? Yeah, same. How is it possible that in this futuristic world in which we live, full of high-speed communication, robotic labor, satellite guidance, the world in which you can literally shop for groceries from your couch, with all of these resources and conveniences, how can we be more busy and more tired than ever? The answer is simple, and... And it's the same answer as to why we want vacations from our vacations. It's that humans, in general, misunderstand rest. We will, if we can, fill up all of the little spaces in our life with something. The Pharisees in, in Jesus' day understood rest to be the same as inactivity. So, you can only walk a certain number of steps on the Sabbath. You can only carry objects under a certain weight on the Sabbath. You can't do anything that someone might construe as work. Now, Sabbath rest is a great idea. So great that God thought it, right? This is God's idea. But by making, by making about all of the things that you can't do, the way the Sabbath was being observed 
made it a heavy load to carry. In our day, I think we've even lost the attempt to be inactive. We've substituted doing nothing with being passive. So when you think you're doing nothing, what we're actually doing is spending hours reading a book or scrolling through Facebook or binging on Netflix. But contrary to what you might tell your kids, those activities aren't doing nothing. Well, maybe it's nothing useful. Reading books is pretty good, but, you know. But it's not doing nothing. And now, now I, I carry, well, not at the moment, it's on the charger, but I, I usually carry all of those activities around in my pocket, right? And, and when there is a moment of empty space, I'm going to whip out my phone, and I will fill that space with something. Of course we feel busy and tired. We've grown used to things happening instantaneously. And so two minutes of waiting feels like forever. I remember... Um, I remember the days when the internet was young, right? In our house, we had this box called a modem. You have one too, but mine used to talk to me, right? You dial in to the... To, to, to the internet, literally using your phone, it would, it would dial up some, a phone number, you'd beep, 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 and then it would go like, for like 10 minutes. You type, in, you type in the address for the web page. Google didn't exist, but whatever, right? You type in you know, your, your cat fancy page or whatever, right? You click go, and then you go cook some mac and cheese, and you come back in five minutes to see if the page loaded, right? Anymore, if my phone doesn't load a, a, a website in two seconds, I think something's broken. Now, Netflix and Facebook, you know, they can be fine if used responsibly. The point for me is not that the phone is the problem or that high-speed internet is the problem. The problem is that you don't find rest in those things. Jesus never said, come unto Netflix, all ye who are weak and heavy laden. Like, and that's because rest and idleness are not the same. I will confess to you, there are some days when I have a day off and I do seemingly nothing. At the end of that day, do I feel restored? Do you? At the end of that day, I feel tired. Why is that? Because rest and idleness are not the same. Rather, Jesus said, come unto me, and I will give you rest. I, I think for a lot of people, spending time with Jesus is, um, you know, one more thing to try and fit into an already busy schedule. And it's probably one of the first things that you cut when things get tight. After all, if you don't make hours at work, 
your paycheck will show it and your boss won't be happy. If you don't get your kids to soccer practice, the coach won't let them play and you may never hear the end of it. If you don't continue, if you don't do those continuing ed workshops, um, you, you won't get that promotion. But if you skip on Jesus, well, I mean, he understands. He'll love you and forgive you. We'll just make it up on Sunday. I mean, next, next Sunday, because we've got a thing this weekend, you know. You know, it's true that Jesus is loving and understanding and forgiving. And, and he, but I think when we, when we think about spending time with Jesus in that way, what we're saying to ourselves is, I'm fine being exhausted. I'm fine being spiritually dry. I'm fine letting everyone else lay burdens on my shoulders except Jesus. The reality is we all carry tons of burdens that don't belong to us. We carry the burdens of other people's expectations. We carry the burden of trying to be masters of providing for ourselves. We carry the burden of trying to find happiness. We carry the burden of, of guilt from all the mistakes we've made. There's countless others we could name. As long as that's true, it doesn't matter how much entertainment or idle time or vacationing we give ourselves. That will just distract us from being tired. But when it's over, guess what? You're still, still tired. When we talk about giving Jesus control over every area of our life, this is why. It isn't that Jesus is like a crazy control freak. It's that he can shoulder this load for you. He wants to take the yoke you made for yourself off of your shoulders, and he wants to put the one he made for you in its place. See, if his yoke isn't on your shoulders, there's still room for you to take your yoke back or for someone else to put a new one, just like the old one. So Jesus offers you the yoke that he made for you. So where, where you were once weighed down by dozens of people's demands to fulfill, Christ's yoke is hitched only to God's designs for you. Where once you were weighed down with, with fear and pressure to provide for yourselves and your loved ones, Christ's yoke is hitched to God's promise that he will provide just what you need. Where once you were weighed down trying to define your identity and your purpose and make your own joy, Christ has a yoke that's hitched to your identity as a beloved child of God. Christ's yoke pulls a cart that no sin or guilt or fear or hatred or insecurity way down. Someone still has to pull your load. All that stuff he took off of you, somebody has to carry that. That yoke that you brought to Christ is real and it has to go somewhere. So when you picture as you know, as we so often do that picture of Jesus climbing Mount Calvary with that 
cross slung over his shoulder. That, that is your yoke that he's pulling. The offer to take your yoke isn't hypothetical. He's like, you know, it's not like, if you come unto me, then perhaps I will. No, no. I will take it. I do take it. He has already pulled your load all the way to the end of the road. His invitation to you is not to help you cope with your load. His invitation is to trade your load for his. Your sin for his innocence. Your dirty conscience for his clean one. Your punishment for his reward. Your death for his life. There is rest in Christ. Spend some time with him. Talk to him. Read his word. Take his yoke upon you and learn from him. And you will find rest for your soul. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you so much that you bear our burdens. <laughs> that you don't look at our load in judgment and say, why did you do that to yourself? But instead, you, you look at our load in compassion and say, here, let me, let me take that from you. We pray, Lord, as we celebrate this Labor Day weekend, that, um, that we wouldn't just idle it away and then we won't jam-pack it full of activities just because we have a day off. Um, but that we'll spend some time in your presence being healed and restored and replenished. Because that's what you do. It seems like almost everybody else in the world wants something from us. But you, Lord, you want to fill us. You want to pour into us. You want something for us. So we pray that you'll teach us how to rest, how to, how to enjoy the Sabbath in, in the way that the Lord of the Sabbath finds pleasing. We thank you that you are, um, that you are a God who invites us to sit down, to be still, to trust, to be restored, and to get up and work hard. But Lord, you invite us not, not to work so that we can rest, but to rest so that as we work, we're coming to it in fullness, empowered by your presence and the gifts that you give. We give you thanks, especially for that ultimate rest that we will enter into one day, won for us by your crucifixion and resurrection. Keep us in joy and hope for that day. In your holy name we pray. Amen.